Hey, welcome back to the Brazos Point living room. We have got the three amigos, Michelle Masterson, mm-hmm. Randy Dane, Dose, and myself, Joseph Castillo. Man, we are in week two of our message series, series on marriage, and yeah, it was fun. It was a good, good Sunday. It was a good Sunday. Yeah. Uh, some honest takes up on the stage all around. As we jump into this week, it's about commitment. Pretty, pretty big piece of marriage. Uh, but as we go in, my first question, and there's some honesty here, and our spouses aren't in the room either to defend themselves. But they do listen. They do, yeah, Some. My. Some. Yeah. <laughs> Ours. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, she'll listen. This is. Uh, I just want to know, what's the biggest difference of opinion you have with your spouse? And, you know, lighthearted. What are the things that you're like, I just, we cannot agree on that. Or we're just so different. Do we have to go lighthearted? <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. At our house, man, it's mulch. <laughs> like, to mulch, to not mulch, when to mulch, adding mulch. Really? It's all things landscaping. We have landscaping rocks. We have so many beds. It's nuts. And Ashley is very pro. And I'm like, eh, what if we pulled it all up and just let the grass grow into these spaces? <laughs> it gotcha. does look good. Though. It looks good when it looks good. Right. But when it, it doesn't. looks good, it looks good. Yeah, man. It's a lot of maintenance. And I don't know. I'm just, it's just not my thing. But I do like it when it looks good. But I don't want to maintain it. She's the weed puller. Mm. And we pay some, you know, to get it done. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I hate mulch. Gotcha. Wait, do y'all love mulch? We no personal. It's revolution time. <laughs> yes, mulch illusion. We don't have nearly as much as you do, and so it's just not that big of a deal. Yeah, I inherited it. <laughs> like it was all there before I bought the house from somebody who loved mulch. From somebody who loves mulch and plants, and yeah. I don't replace plants when the freezes, you know, because we get freezes every year now when they kill stuff. It's like, well, one less thing. That's to one take less care thing. Of. Yeah. It's one less thing. What about you, Shelly? Um, mine, the first thing I think of is uh, food. It's food related. So, Always. Jeff, what? <laughs> On this podcast? Is, um, a food as fuel person. Uh. And it's not that he can't ever appreciate when something is just good. He can. He, he like, and he's actually a pretty adventurous eater, but I am a food as fun person. Like, I just like eating. And um, so, like, he could happily with zero regrets, eat the same exact thing every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks. Because like I said before, he's very routinized, so you better believe that he knows when he's going to eat those meals and his snacks. Um, I think a good... I think just a, a good story to show the difference between the two of us. We were on a trip on the West Coast, kind of working our way from Portland down to San Francisco. We were going through Oregon, which has an ice cream factory in it. The Tillamook Ice Cream Place is there. You can go. You can get ice cream. It's on the way from wherever we were going to Crater Lake, which we were going to be taking pictures of, and we skipped the ice ice cream factory so that we could be at Crater Lake in time to spend two hours <laughs> finding the perfect place to take pictures for golden hour. 
I was like, we are not the same, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you don't seem bitter at all. <laughs> right. right. We're, we're not that far from the Bluebell Creamery. Y'all could go see it That's since you didn't true. get to see the Tillamook Creamery. But that was that the same trip that y'all went to the Gummy Bear Factory? Because he loves gummy bears? That's true. <laughs> Come no, 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 on. No, not Gummy Bear, Jelly Belly. Jelly Belly. Yeah, jelly, belly. Jelly, jelly Bean Factory. <laughs> Jeff needs to be on to defend himself. Yeah. Which technically, technically, it was his 40th birthday trip, which is why. Uh, oh, that is a technicality. Had to make his birthday all about him. Loud. <laughs> all right, Joseph. Oh, where to begin? Now, um, mine. I'm trying to think. Emily is definitely an adventurous eater. I think I try plenty of things, but when it comes like time to. I've picked what I want to eat at a place and I'm like, because this looks so good and Emily will pick something else. And then she's like, here, try this. And I'm always like, nah, I'm okay. You don't even want to try her. No, no. And that's like Emily's thing. She just really, this is like in life, like all of the, it's like, try this, try this. And it's when it's food related, mm. I'm just like, skeptical yeah 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's me my heart i want to try everything <laughs> me too. I, want, I was hoping emily would ask <laughs> <Today and what? laughs> randy and i swapped food baskets yeah. from opposite ends of the table so we could... <laughs> really yeah really yeah especially because of what you had because <laughs> like, i took a bite off of her burger and she I took a bite said, off dude, of my dude i you couldn't pay me to eat that <laughs> We were wanting some of your tacos. Yeah, but we, we were like, to ask. is Justin going to ask us if we want some tacos? I would have just given you one to split. I was like, uh, we I would have. We would have. <laughs> I'm a sharer. I'm just not a, I, I don't need any. You Thank are you. a sharer. You are a sharer. The other thing <laughs> is everyone in my, I just, I can't stand the microwave. Me either. So like Hate when it. it comes time to heat something up, whether it's like, hey, it's pizza. I'm going to heat it back up like throwing them out i'm like oh no like that yeah. is the worst you, air fryer you, yes air fryer? i have an air yeah. fryer i'm like i'm gonna go get it set it up it's worth it and it's like nah, i'll just microwave it for whatever so this is ironic about me i am with you i hate the microwave but i'm a microwave magician <laughs> like if you have to microwave like i work the the power level <laughs> and the the clock like a like a beast <laughs> i do man like i i know how like i will this is how much I hate the microwave. I will microwave something for a minute on four and then for 30 seconds on seven because I know what? how to magic the microwave to make. Well, up. that's why you hate it. You've made it so high. <laughs> no, I hate having to get on no, my book. You're wrong. The calculator. No, you have to, you have to make it high maintenance to make it okay. Gotcha. Uh, I, I have no clue you did that. I don't know if I feel as strongly as y'all do, but I also don't like to microwave stuff. And so I will microwave it the least amount possible to make it warm enough to eat. And Jeff will just blast it. Mm. Jeff. So <laughs> reckless. <laughs> he hates food. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, have you ever microwaved ice cream? <laughs> That's controversial. Like if you got a, 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 a container solid, right out yeah. from there. For, yeah. Now, actually, I'll hit the microwave. I'll hit the you know a thing of blue belt in the microwave on power level seven for uh-huh. about fifteen yeah. seconds. Here's Randy's recipe. I'll yes, go just whatever the power level's on for ten. <laughs> <laughs> just the plus so thirty. So y'all me you don't use like power level at the all. Same thing. Never. Neither one of you have any. I see that button. I think uh, I should do like a class. The only I don't button either. I care about on the microwave is to turn the sound off. 
Oh my goodness! <laughs> the the only... beep. Yeah. I hate the beep too. I'll stand there and stop it. I'll open you, the door. You can turn it off to keep. No, most like yours it. is fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yours has got ten power levels, buddy. <laughs> mine is. Oh, they all have power since the eighties. <laughs> mine is. Uh, mine is loud, just like when it's working, cooking. Like for real, read the consumer report on how loud a microwave is because it is too loud. It's like it's like someone's doing a chainsaw inside the house. You might need a new one. And Venahood, I hate Venahoods too. Why? Like, and the smoke because they're loud. Well, yeah, but they are loud. They got to get those smells out. <laughs> Your microwave might be broken. It's like and the smoke that pours out of that thing. <laughs> Can't believe it. Okay, well... It's been a long time on that. (laughs) (laughs) We get lost in food all the time. All right, as we jump into this week on commitment in marriage, uh, we go to immediately to just our example. It's all built on our example of Jesus's love for us. And so I just want to read Romans 8, just a couple of verses out of it that, Randy, you use a message. Romans 8, starting verse 31, the Apostle Paul writes, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Uh, and he goes on <clears throat> to say, What shall separate us from the love of Christ? So trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it's written, for your sake we face death all along. We're considered sheep to be slaughtered. In all these things, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm convinced neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers, height nor depth, anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a whole lot there of the Apostle Paul telling us of Jesus' love for us. So my question is, how does that assurance that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ give us security in the midst of uncertainty and confusion in our own life? I mean, the idea, the theology of eternal security is the greatest rest-inducing truth mm-hmm. that we can have, right? This reality that nothing can separate us from Jesus, no thing in all creation, which uh, I interpret to include me as a created thing, right? And so, just knowing that um, we didn't behave our way into this, and so we cannot behave our way out of this, uh, and not letting that become a license to sin and to abuse grace, um, but for it to become a, a truth that settles so deep into our hearts um, that it brings peace, you know, like mm-hmm. that we have this peace with God that is established by God, and and there's nothing I can do to mess it up. Um, I mean, there's so much security in that, and just knowing that 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 Jesus is. His commitment is forever. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's, that's 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 a security that our hearts long for. And that you said security, and I, I know in your message you also talk about how uh, commitment is the answer to insecurity. It's what can heal insecurity, and so that's what I read. I read about the security that we have, but when I think about what the opposite of security is, that it's insecurity and what it means to have no insecurity, you know, like that's because I'm, I can be full of insecurity. And so when I read that and think seriously, no matter what, but what about this? Nope. No matter what, but what if I, nope, no matter what. And there's, there's just so much 
lack of insecurity in that. Hmm. Well, and it's like it's like Tim Keller says, you know, to be. Who? Tim, because this is, the, this is the Tim Keller corner of the living room podcast. Uh, it's like Tim Keller Never says, he says to be uh, known, to, to, to be known and not loved is our greatest fear. Like if they yeah. knew me, would they really love me? To be loved, but not known is superficial. It's fake. It's not real. But to be fully known and fully loved is what it is to be loved by God. That's what our hearts long for. And it's actually in his marriage book that Tim writes that because ultimately what he's saying is that that's the model of love that we have in God. It's being fully known and fully loved. And then that's the model that we build our marriages on where you've got this person that knows you more fully than any other person. At least that's the intention and, uh, and loves you unconditionally. And it's, like that's the point at which we begin to love our spouses like God loves us. Yeah, it makes me think of the classic vows, you know, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. And I think that those phrases are just so ingrained in us and even pop culture that I think in some ways, I know for me, I didn't always think about what that actually yeah. means. Because when you are about to get married, like you, you are just rose-colored glasses for the most part and you can stand there and say yeah in sickness and in health and like some of those things when you get to those points like that commitment might be yeah. what keeps you there for richer poorer because sickness and health can mean a lot of different sure. things richer and poorer can mean a lot of different things i've done very very few weddings very few weddings where people would question the love of the bride and groom on that day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. I've done a couple that I was questioning. <laughs> sure. I've done very few weddings. Like most of the time it's assumed this this is a love affair. Uh, and all of those vows are promises of future love. Future love. Mm -hmm. In the future. And I don't know what's coming at us. I don't know what the future holds, but I promise. And that's a commitment. And it's ultimately that commitment that creates that security that says, man, even if the world throws the worst at us, we're going to go through it together. Hmm. My my only thought on this is I was out of breath reading this. <laughs> and I think it's just the Apostle Paul, the way he writes this. Yeah. It's just like, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. I'm more than convinced. Life, death, angels, demons. He just goes on and on and on, future or present. And eventually he just sums it up. Anything else in all creation. Yeah, you could have started there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like such a powerful sentence of... I'm going to list everything I can think of and everything else in all creation. All it's a pretty things. big extensive list and I'm included in that list as well. Yeah. So good, man. And, and, and again, I think it's, I think Romans eight, especially this portion is something we ought to read and reread, mm -hmm. you know, because this is a part of the gospel um, that I think that our hearts need reassurance of. Well, talking about marriage, Ephesians five, I have us just reading a couple verses here. And this is again, the apostle Paul talking about marriage specifically. And here's what he says, <clears throat> starting verse 25. He said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. <clears throat> and then he goes on to talk about, uh, for no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Goes on to say, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So, the Apostle Paul is telling us marriage is, a, um, is essentially uh, a reflection of Jesus' relationship to us. So, what does it mean for us if we take Jesus' relationship with the church as our model? for marriage 
I mean, I think it becomes our, our marching orders, and ultimately that's what we're trying to do in this series is, is communicate uh, that this is the model, and so then this dictates what Christian marriage is to look like. God's the inventor, and as the inventor, God gets to determine the purpose of the invention, and His purpose is uh, is for this. It's for us to be this reflection of the gospel, and ultimately our, our marriages are a, a witness in the same way that when church is done well, when church is done the way that God commands for it to be done and we love each other so well that the watching world is then intrigued and wants in on that love and that community marriage is ultimately the same thing it's like when we love each other this selfless sacrificing way of christ uh it ought to be to the watching world this winsome uh evangelic the evangelic evangelism <laughs> evangelic uh i think i made just up keeps, a word just keep saying it yeah <laughs> It'll tim keller says this is the evangelic and uh no you see what i'm saying like it, it becomes a, a testimony to uh-huh. the world of the love of god in christ and the beautiful thing about this like this is the part that i always love to remember and love to remind people is this like even, like, that feels weighty, and it should feel weighty. That the the calling to marriage, the calling in marriage, it's a high calling, and being a, a reflection of the gospel that is a high calling. But even when we fail, we still represent the gospel because then we just point to grace, mm. right? So like, we're it's going to be an imperfect reflection of mm-hmm. the gospel. There is no perfect marriage, and so when we get it right, it looks like the love of God, and when we get it wrong, we point to the grace of God. Mm. Which. Let's see, this past week in the message, was it, did you say grace can be scary? Yeah. Because when you give grace and when you accept grace, both of those things can be scary. When you accept grace, you're having to let go of a little bit of the control, Mm -hmm. right? That's what you're saying. But then when you give grace, it can be scary because, like I think about re-engage and drawing the circle around yourself and then asking God for help changing everybody inside the circle and not trying to get in somebody else's circle. But that's really hard to do when you don't know that the person in their circle is asking God for help changing also. Yeah. Like you you want to you want to believe that the other person is working as hard as you are, whether it's in a marriage or a friendship or whatever it is. And so that's what I think about with this love love your wives the same way you would love your own self. Like if we would all obey this and do this, then I don't have to worry about if Jeff is taking care of his circle so that he can love me in my circle the way he loves himself in his circle. Like, we're all taking care of each other the way we would take care of ourselves. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. It's like when you really understand God's design, like it's it's so beautiful. And when it works, man, it works like nothing else because everyone is still first priority. You're just not your own first priority. Right. Right. The way of the world is to put me and mine first and it's to be so self-centered. The way of Christ is to be others focused. And so in marriage, when I'm focused on her and she's focused on me, we're still first priority. It's just that she's mine and I'm hers. Yeah. And then, man, it's it's a it, not that we and can. And that's vulnerable. Yeah, it is because because it only wor- it, it works when when both are doing it. Right. And what you're speaking to is what about when I'm doing it and they don't? Well. That's what that's part of that high calling. That's mm-hmm. part of the heavy weight, yeah. and it's the like going back to the draw the circle around yourself. It's like, man, take care of making sure you're with God's help. You're doing everything you can inside your circle, and what we teach and reengage is everything beyond your circle. You just have to trust God, and so yeah. ultimately, God's working in you on that too, as you trust Him and you pray and you pray for God to bring about the results because you believe He's the only one that actually can effectively control and change a person, and you recognize your own limitations, your inability to control or change your spouse, at least 
in ways that are dynamic and functional and healthy, right? Mm -hmm. But God has that power. I just don't. And so I got to trust him for those results. And then what I think we find is if we're going to be consistent prayers for our spouse, you'll see that God will give you a tender heart for your spouse. Hmm. Well, talking about marriage, uh, I just have this question in here. Just think back to your own wedding. What were your, some of your favorite moments on that day? And just like reminisce, tell tell us about it because I wasn't at your wedding. Right the now. whole yeah. day, <laughs> man. <laughs> like that twenty four hours. The whole day. Yeah. Isn't that a day you'd love to relive? Yeah. 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 Me too. And I'm not a big reliver of things, honestly. Um, but that's one of them. Uh, favorite moments of our wedding. Well, I don't, this won't surprise any of y'all. Um, the food. I cried at oh. the ceremony like a big old baby. Mm-hmm. Big old uh, baby. But I'm a crier. <laughs> I, I think I started crying when she walked down the aisle and, and then never could stop. Mm. Uh, but that didn't take much. Um, let's see. Probably one of my favorite moments was at the reception, and we had a great reception. Uh, Ashley's uh, granddad, actually her step-granddad, came up to me uh, after having, I had danced a lot. And he came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and he said in my ear, young man, save some of that for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, who is this? It was Ashley's step-granddad. Uh, you think he listens? Uh, no. <laughs> if not from Earth. <laughs> <laughs> He's evangelical. <laughs> I don't think he listens. Oh, goodness. The other great memory I have. He's one of the evangelicals. <laughs> this was an awesome memory. This is the first time this had ever happened to me in my life. Uh, Ashley's dad's business partner came up to me in the reception and shook my hand. And as I pulled away, I knew that I had money in my hand. And uh, it was like a couple hundred bucks. And I'd never had somebody shake money into my hand before. Nice. You know, you see in the movies. You're like, I've arrived. And he does. He, he is alive. And uh, I don't know that he listens. But anyway, if you do, man, I appreciate that money. That was awesome. Your, your reception, that was a good dance party. It was. My mamma, my mamma yeah. was dancing. She can she, cut a rug. She also is no longer with us, but she danced a lot while she mm. was still on earth. Oh, man. I, I was at your wedding. You were. Oh, you were. Both of y'all were at my wedding. Michelle's wedding is the only one we were all three at. Mm-hmm. It was the most recent. <laughs> 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 I I really did love my wedding. I loved um, how short it was. <laughs> and I loved it that it had popcorn. And we stayed in the same air-conditioned building the entire time because yeah, it was did. the end of July. Pictures and all. And... Um, I think my favorite thing, though, was uh, the ceremony. Like, mine's actually kind of a sappy answer. Um, (laughs) 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 Like, we have a team that works on, you know, our worship services every week and plans for Sunday mornings called Creative Team. And and we kind of creative teamed (laughs) my wedding ceremony. And it was very much um, kind of built in the same way that a worship service at Brazos Point would be. And so I loved it so much that we we worshiped, we told mine and Jeff's story through video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Andrew made a video, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Randy preached. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Just a and shook hands. I don't know what it is. Uh, 
Well, I think I know some of what it is, but like the songs that we sing at your wedding, they are forever in my mind as Michelle's wedding songs, even yeah. though they're songs we do on a Sunday morning. It's yeah. Like, I associate and they're them not with typical wedding. wedding songs. No, we did no, no. When the Fight Calls. Yeah, right. But that's the <laughs> one specifically, When the Fight Calls, it's like, that's that's Michelle and Jeff's song. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Because that, that to me was a great picture of what it looks like in those vows in the vows yeah and god getting you through it yeah mm-hmm. all michelle's so memories good. are about you know the lord and spiritual things mine are about yep. uh, <laughs> old men and food <laughs> and money we had we money. had shrimp around Seriously. i think we did i think we you had, did i think we had shrimp that was maybe around our ice popcorn. Yeah. popcorn yeah and no, no, uh, no. Cocktail. Yeah, Yeah, like boiled shrimp. Big ones. Not not, not popcorn, you you cheapskate. (laughs) Well, we had popcorn shrimp. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I just had popcorn shrimp. Y'all would have loved our wedding. We had... Uh, pie, you had, we had pie pie instead of a girl's cake. Yeah, we had lots of pies. We had fried chicken. Oh, yeah. And it was Lucy's and Austin. So good. We had snow cones. Dude. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, that was and my sorry. the biggest dance party. <laughs> we probably had like three hundred and fifty people at our wedding. Y'all should do about, a vow renewal for me and Michelle to come. Two hundred and fifty yeah. of them were on the dance floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. how many at your wedding? Over three hundred. That's a big wedding, bro. Yeah. I picture your reception as silent disco. <laughs> That's what I think the dance party looked like. <laughs> Ours was it a was, big wedding too. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, we've talked about doing a renewal um, in next year's really? 10 years. Yeah. yeah. But we've talked about doing it in Kenya. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm out. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Uh, yeah. My last thought is... Uh, Why don't we just go to out for fried chicken and snow cones and call it a renewal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, fancied up a bit. Uh, last thought, Randy, we talked about commitment is the answer to insecurity. We talked about in our wedding and in your wedding songs, Michelle, you're taking vows and they're really promises of future love, man. How do those vows really shape in those moments? What, you know, what is coming as much as you can? (laughs) It's like, uh, how do they come into play and what are the, what do those moments look like? I don't think we know yet, <laughs> you know? I mean, we're up against 20 years this year, um, and so far, we've known nothing but but health, you know? But uh, it's inevitable. Sickness is around the corner, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But like you said, though, like, looking back at your wedding now and the vows you took, your affection for each other, your liking of the other person has evolved every day and it's not always going to be the same as it is on that day. And so just, I don't know, looking back at your vows that you take in the moment, it's like, man, I'm, I'm committing to you. I'm making this commitment, not knowing what tomorrow holds, but just, you said 20 years Mm -hmm. almost in like, man, have you done a renewal? And what would those vows, would those vows change? Like not to become less, but how would you write them today? Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent for the traditional vows and traditional. mm -hmm. And honestly, when I have a couple that wants to write their own, uh, I don't say no, but I, I make them submit them for approval and huh? You wrote your own Mm -hmm. and you ate popcorn shrimp. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I make them submit them for my approval. And uh, because I just want to make sure that that's what they're doing is they're making pledges Mm -hmm. of future love and they're not just celebrating you know, all the ooey and gooey of today. Mm-hmm. That's important. 
Say the question again. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Without the being tested. Just, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Just like looking back on the last five, six years. So this summer we will have been married five years. And to be perfectly honest, the hardest thing Jeff and I have ever gone through together was weeks before the wedding. Um, mm. And it was it was... It was a lot, and mm-hmm. it was scary, and um, you know that whole in sickness and in health thing was very real to us. The better or worse was very real to us, and um, it's it's not always physical sickness, right? Like mental mm-hmm. health is a thing that can really impact relationships, and so going into our wedding, those vows were so meaningful mm-hmm. and heavy. But you'd already proven me. it. And that was the thing, like going, because, you know, I was almost 40 when we got married, so we'd both lived a lot of life um, already, so going into it, I was just so thankful that we had gone through that, because it told me that if we can get through that, I think we can get through just about anything, Mm -hmm. and I think it told Jeff if we survived that, she's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that's what I'm thinking at the, the heart of the question, too, is like when you read those vows on that day, you'd experienced yeah. so much. And so those words were so full of meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most couples on that day, it doesn't lessen the commitment, but you're saying, I don't quite know what that looks like or feels like, but I'm committing to you now. And so I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like if you did a renewal today, those words probably mean more, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and I think that's what, like I look at, I look at people who have experienced more life and who are further down the road or who have been through more hardship. And like, it becomes a picture to me of, of what that looks like, you know, like just this week, uh, a guy in our church came up to Greg and Greg had said something to him about how well he's taking care of his wife. They're in their late eighties. And, uh, he said, well, man, you know, at 63 years in, that's just, that's what you do. You know, it's yeah. just kind of what you do. And it's like, what a great picture of mm. in sickness and in health. And, you know, that's good. That's good. All right. Any last thoughts, Randy, on message series and where we are? Not other than, uh, you know, just lean into it and, and, and don't just have this conversation with us. Have this conversation with yeah. your spouse if you have one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If, if you are married, man, this might be fun to listen to together and uh, lovingly talk about the things that you don't quite agree on that are funny, but also, man, I think, what honestly, what a beautiful question. Think back to our wedding together and what are some of your favorite memories and just to relive that day as much as you can. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week.